Hello, and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Official Gears Podcast, where we talk about everything from mouse ears to butterbeers. I am Brian, and you are listening to episode 60, and we are continuing our series dedicated to the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host and fellow mouse expert, Alan. Alan, how are things in Chicago? Hey, how's it going? Oh, we're doing pretty good today. Had a couple interesting little thunderstorms breeze through again yesterday, but no damage, no power outage, just lots of rain in a really short period of time. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's nice out again today, and uh, I've got an in-law coming to visit, her first visit to Chicago. So um, we're going to do some fun things with her this weekend, so it'll be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Things yeah, still things over there? Things still open in Chicago? Everything still yeah, working? Yeah, everything's still pretty status quo. Yeah. yeah, keeping everything open. We're gonna um, we're gonna take her to the Renaissance Fair. We have a really great Renaissance Fair um, about forty five minutes from us, right by the Wisconsin border. So we're gonna go do that, and uh, we're gonna do some of the sites downtown. Um, we might do that uh, architecture cruise that we were talking about before. Cruise downtown, hear all about the architecture and history of Chicago. Um, taking her to the zoo. They are having brew fest at the zoo, uh, you know, and again there's that theme with Alan where we're always going somewhere where there's a beer, right? But brew fest at the zoo, we're going to go and have a beer and walk around and check out the animals and enjoy. I just, I kind of hope that they um, limit the amount that some people can purchase because alcohol (laughs) and animals typically don't mix very well together. So the the nice, this is a pretty nice zoo, but you can't get super close to the animals. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, some people can't be trusted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're wrapping up quarantine in the Frank's house. So, yeah, um, yeah. Blaine How's tested. That going? Yeah, Blaine tested positive uh, last Monday. We took him because we got a text message from his class saying that somebody there tested positive. And we're like, you know what? He just looked a little off, um, you know, and he was snotting a whole lot. But I mean, the guy's been having a runny nose for two years, so we didn't think anything about it. <laughs> uh, so we took him. He tested positive. Um, he was completely fine the entire time. Never, never got sick, anything like that. Um, Good. Good Abigail deal. is still home, but she goes back tomorrow. Um, so she'll actually go back on Thursday. This is, you know, Wednesday when we're recording this. So um, she's been fine the entire time. Annie and I have been fine the entire time, but it's just one of those things. It's a major inconvenience. So, sure. you know, luckily I've got my, you know, I'm in the middle of my puzzle challenge. So I've got that, you know, kind of helping uh, when I've got time, but um it's been tough trying to navigate two kids through online school and, you know, work two jobs and, and do everything else. But uh, yeah. like I said, my puzzle challenge is, is kind of been my stress reliever. It's funny. Like a lot of people don't like puzzles because it stresses them out. It actually like releases my stress. It eases me in my mind. It can like, you know, I can focus on that versus whatever else is going on. Um, yep. I think I've got 37 yep. days left until our universal trip and I've got 36 puzzles to go. So, oh, so you're under <laughs> you're the gun now. Yeah, under well, I, I could I, typically I can finish the 750 piece puzzle in about three and a half hours if I just sit there and work on it. So, um, okay, I think I, I think I'll be able to do it. But uh, all, right. which, all of these are 750, except for I think about six of them, I think are 400. Um, and then there's two 1000 pieces. So I figure that kind of like balances itself out. But I don't know. That's just kind of nice. what we're up to around here. Um, ready to get life back under control and, and, and as normal as possible. So um, <laughs> looking forward to that, but um, you know, just one of those things you just got to take it and, and, and roll with it. So, yeah. Well, glad everybody's okay. Yeah. Uh, doing all right. And that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. So hang in there. Yeah. 
All right, so back to the episode. If you missed it last week, guys, we were working on our series dedicated to the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. We talked about five of our favorite things. Last week, we talked about the Pop Century Resort, 50s Primetime Cafe, um, Expedition Everest, Space Mountain, and pin trading at Disney. So as, again, as we continue the series up until October 1st, we're going to continue uh, bringing back some of those fun things that we've talked about over the past, some of our favorite things. If you missed any of our episodes, please go back and check them out. Uh, they're available for you online. And in this episode, as we go forward, we're going to continue our process. Well, every week, we're picking five of our favorite things to discuss about Disney World and why we like them so much. Um, you know, in no particular order, we're going to have a resort, a restaurant, two attractions, and one miscellaneous bit of item that adds a little extra magic. So, you know, we're just kind of making sure we get through all of these fun things and bring you some good details on things you might have forgotten about maybe over the years. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll finish it up on October 1st, right as we kick off into the 50th anniversary celebration. Yeah. I, I had somebody ask, you know, why haven't we done Flight of Passage or Soarin'? Or, and I'm like, you know, it's, it's, there's 50 things that we're, you know, going to talk about. <laughs> like, we, we, we've got some time. Yeah. Um, Slinky Dog was one of them. And I was just kind of like, you know, five a week. That's all we can do. We, five a week. I mean, we can sit here and talk about these things forever because we, we absolutely do love them. Um, right. This one, I feel like we have, come out swinging like we have loaded up this episode with some of our favorite things so i'm i'm excited about this one yeah and i like that we're doing you know a couple of each thing so you know yeah we'll get through them we'll get through mm -hmm. them. and i like that we're picking some of those that are our favorites but aren't necessarily like your top five items too yeah you know like when we that's did the people mover that's one of our favorites, yeah. but I know some people yeah. are like, you guys chose that as Why? a favorite. <laughs> so. Exactly. But it is. It's it's a must-do for us every time. We love yeah. people mover. Yep. So. All right. So what do we have for our resort for this week? So this week, we're going to talk about my favorite value, uh, which is kind of on the higher side. It is a higher-priced value resort, and it's Art of Animation. I truly believe that this is a moderate resort in the value category. Um, yeah. But it is definitely one you've got to stay at if you have small children at least once. And I know um, some people don't really want to do that because of one of the room categories we'll get into in a minute. But again, it's a value resort. It's divided into four areas. You have your cars, uh, family suites, your Finding Nemo family suites, your Lion King family suites, and then your Little Mermaid standard rooms. And so a lot of people are like, my, my son doesn't want a Little Mermaid standard room. I get that. Um, Blaine wasn't all that thrilled about it either. However, when you are in those rooms, it does not feel like it is a princess room. Yeah. Um, the Little Mermaid rooms, they are standard with two queen beds. They are a little more spacious than your regular uh, all-star movies or, or uh, sports music. Um, so you, you do have a little bit of more room. Um, it does have a little bit of Little Mermaid theming to it. But again, it doesn't scream it's a girl's room. Um, yeah, Flounder's represented, Sebastian's represented. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like under the sea kind of thing. It's, it's more, yeah, seashells and things like that versus, yeah. you know, aerial and, and stuff. But um, so each one of these areas, the, these different room categories have three or four buildings surrounding a main themed area, kind of like a courtyard, a walkway with scenes from these specific movies. So with the Little Mermaid, you've got Ursula who guards one of the rooms. You've got uh, a dingle hopper on a walkway. You've got some treasure chests. You've got a swimming pool there uh, in the middle of those buildings. 
And then you've got characters from the movies just kind of hidden all throughout the little area um, in between all the surrounding buildings of that one particular themed area. So Little Mermaid, you've got all the characters from there. Um, if you move over to the Lion King suites, it is a suite. Uh, it sleeps five people. You have the uh, pull-down bed and a fold-out couch in uh, those with the one queen bed. And that is the same for the Finding Nemo, the Cars, Family Suites as well. Uh, the Lion King, again, you have all the characters from the movie all spread out uh, from the courtyard. You have a playground there as well uh, with the slide, kind of like in the boneyard scene with uh, the hyenas and Scar, which is pretty cool. Um, those rooms, they uh, the suites, you look, uh, you go, you enter the rooms through a hallway inside the building. The Little Mermaid rooms, you enter from outside. That is the main difference there, um, other than that they're suites. The theming for these rooms, the Lion King, um, they are really general neutral. Uh, it's it's great for all you know families, and, and the price difference is a little bit more uh, for the suites. But if you have a party of five, these are excellent options. If you think just a standard pull down with the two queen for part of uh, Port Orleans or uh, Caribbean beach isn't going to work for you. The family suites for art of animation is, is great. Um, so you can book the suites. This is a Lion King. You've got your finding Nemo, which has the big blue pool, which is the largest pool at a Disney resort. A lot of people do not know that, but it is, it's a really big pool and it actually has a, a little bit of uh, kind of like a, a splash pad area as well. Um, and a playground with it. And then you have the Cars Family Suites, which was probably my favorite area of any Disney resort um, because you've got the Wheel Well Motel, uh, Cozy Cone uh, Resort. Cozy Cones are really fun. Yeah, and they're kind of like little cabanas around the pool where you can mm-hmm. you know, go and tuck in away from the, the sun while your kids are swimming. Again, all of these have your favorite characters from all the movies just kind of out, out in the courtyards. You can go and take some pictures. Um, Lightning McQueen is out there. Simba, uh, Rafiki, um, Nemo is is in the Anemone. Um, Mr. Ray is really cool to see. He's just massive, and um, he's got all the little you know kids from his school on him. Uh, I don't know. This is just a super cute resort. Uh, like I said, you've got three pools, two playgrounds, a gift shop, and then you do have the landscape of flavors, which is their food court and the pool, uh, the drop off uh, pool bar as well. Uh, it's just super cute. It's energetic. It's fun. Um, kids love this resort. And that's really what you're looking for when you go to Disney and you book a resort. You're looking for something that your kids are going to be like, wow, you know, this is not a Motel 6. Uh, yeah. And, and Art of Animation, I think, truly embodies what a Disney resort is all about for a value resort. Well, and you're talking about those suites and how many they mm-hmm. sleep. And that's really important. But another thing that's really great to point out about the suites is there is a one bedroom suite so it, it's it's kind of like there's a separate bedroom in the suite yeah yes. so if you had a, a kid that you know needs to take a nap and you don't necessarily want to you know be sitting in the dark or anything like that you could always put a pack and play or something in that room and close the door and give them some peace and quiet but everybody else could sit out at the table or in the living room watch tv something like that so you have a little more space and the other thing that's great about these suites is there are two bathrooms yes two bathrooms in those suites. So when you have a larger family, that extra bathroom makes a huge difference in getting ready. Um, you know, so that does add to the price a little bit of why they're a little more expensive than some of the other rooms, but sleeps more two bathrooms. There is a completely separate bedroom where you can actually close the door and you do have a kitchenette 
you know, little sink mm-hmm. and microwave refrigerator. So um, that's what's coming in those suites. It makes them a little more, uh, and they're they're great. I actually yeah. have my mother is checking into one in a, about a week and a half. Yeah, I mean that, that two bathroom option for older kids is 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 a need. Yeah, it makes a it's, huge it's not difference. Not a want. It is a need. <laughs> And yeah. trying to get out and get in the morning, especially when you're trying to, to rope drop or, um, you know, get to fly to passage first thing in the morning or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it's it's definitely a must. Um, but again, I mean, we love it because it's fun. It's energetic. Uh, it's got some of our favorite movies um, mm-hmm. represented. And then, too, it, it's on the Skyliner route. So you still have the bus transportation. But the Skyliner, we always talk about it, how it's just one of the quickest ways to get from uh, your resort to Epcot or Hollywood Studios, and, and even if you just want to take a Skyliner, you know, on an off day, you, you can start an order of animation and go the entire length to Epcot and back, and just mm-hmm. kind of waste thirty minutes or so just to you know relax. And um, it's a great place to or a great way to get from your resort to maybe Tovolinos for a character breakfast. Um, yep. I mean, it, it's it's just the Skyliner is awesome. We keep talking about it. Um, yeah, you know, but art of animation is, is of course, you know, being the, the price that it is for value, it is in our opinion, the best value resort. But even, you know, if I have the option of art of animation or, or a moderate, sometimes I may go art of animation, depending on, you know, what our goals are and what we're really mm-hmm. trying to do. If we're trying to stay at Epcot or Hollywood studios, most of the time we're going to stay at art of animation. Yep. And like I said, you know, you, we look at those moderates with a family of five with those pull down beds. But um, sometimes the art of animation might be slightly more than a moderate if you're doing one of the suites. <laughs> but that extra bathroom, I mean, can totally make that that whole trip. Yep. So definitely things to consider. And like you said, the Skyliner is great. Just just resort hop when you're on the Skyliner. Go check out those other resorts. Yeah. Go see what's there. Uh, you know, it might give you a great idea of somewhere you want to stay next time. Um, something you want to try. So check those things out. It's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Great, yeah. great uh, resort. We like the art of animation. Um, all right. So we've got our place to stay this week. So next we. thing we need to do, we got to make sure we get a full belly. Yeah. So another one of the places I really, really enjoy is the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater. So Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater is located at uh, the Disney Hollywood Studios. It is um, kind of at the corner of like the Grand Avenue area, um, kind of near Star Tours and Muppet Vision. Before you take that walk over to Galaxy's Edge, it's kind of off in the corner there. Um, this is a really cool restaurant. So it's themed like a giant drive-in movie theater. So at the Sci-Fi Dine-In, you basically, as you go into the soundstage where this is, um, the booths are shaped like giant cars. The you know cars have tail lights on. Um, sometimes the car hops or servers might be on roller skates. They're in very um, 50s, 60s retro kind of costumes out there. Um, there is a giant movie screen showing like black and white movie clips and old commercials and things like the drive-in. Uh, you know, let's all go to the lobby and get a snack kind of thing. Um, it, it's a lot of fun to go and sit and eat. Um, there are a few tables here as well. So if you have a larger group um, or if you are not comfortable sitting in a booth where you're, the booths all kind of face one direction. So they all kind of face the screen. Yeah. So you kind of sit behind each other. So if you're not comfortable, you know, having, you know, part of your family's back to you while you eat, <laughs> you might want to ask for a table. Um, but even the tables kind of sit in the back and they're like those little round tables with the little umbrellas. Like you would see it in an old drive-in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was a lot of fun. It, it's a great place to go and sit. It's got a great atmosphere. Um, they are open for lunch and dinner. And the prices range anywhere from $15 to $35. So it's not one of the you know super higher priced places, but it is a table service um, menu. And so it's kind of cool. So some of the menu items that you have available for appetizers, you can get crispy onion rings, crispy chicken strips, fried dill pickles, which are really good. Um, they have a sci-fi wedge salad, or they have a plant-based island cake, which is apple and cabbage slaw with a dill remoulade. So that one sounds kind of interesting. Um, for entrees, you have different things like your uh, drive-in barbecue burger, classic American burger, um, an oven-roasted turkey sandwich, a buffalo chicken salad. They have a salmon burger. So it's actually a, a grilled salmon patty on a brioche bun with goat cheese crema and apple fennel chutney, arugula, and a marinated heirloom tomato. Um, that one's really, really good. They have pasta choices. You can get a pan-seared chicken pasta or a pan-seared salmon, salmon pasta. Sorry. And they also have the uh, Flying Saucer Impossible Burger, which is the plant-based Impossible Burger. Um, so there's a lot of good choices there. Mostly burgers, salads, salmon, um, if you're looking for, you know, something a little lighter and some seafood. Um, they're all pretty good. We've enjoyed yeah. everything we had there. Um, desserts, they have warm glazed donuts, a hot fudge sundae, uh, a house-made sci-fi candy bar, which is cookies and cream mousse with a chocolate ganache chocolate sauce. Um, there is a cookie shake. Um, they have these huge milkshakes that you can get in there. Uh, kids have a garden salad or chicken noodle soup if they want to get those. And they also have a create your own entree for kids where you can get a beef skewer, macaroni and cheese, chicken strips, or a cheeseburger. Um, for some sides, you can also uh, get some corn on the cob, fruit salad, green beans and carrots, mashed potatoes, or sliced apples, um, or an ice cream sundae as sides. So some really cool things. Um, they do have alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages, so they have some specialty drinks there. You can get your um, Joffrey's coffee if you're a coffee drinker. A um, little bit of everything. They have, they have several different shakes you can get there. Um, I know when we went with my nieces before, they got a whole bunch of different shakes, um, and they were all having you know different different fun shakes. And they're huge. Milkshakes are only seven bucks. Yeah. So not too bad. Yeah. I know they have allergy friendly things too, but yeah. I know the uh, barbecue burger is always one people really, really rave about. I have not had it yet. I've just had the regular burger. Um, it, it's pretty good. But the uh, cookie milkshake, I can tell you from experience, is, it is good. Uh, you know, I may have had that a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> it is a very fun restaurant, um, especially, you know, because it's like the drive-in, like you said, Um just the atmosphere where you really do feel like you're sitting in a car, uh, facing a drive-in screen, watching the black and white, black and white horror films, which are not even really horror films. They're, you know, Godzilla that's six foot tall up against a five foot lady. And, you know, it's just not it's yeah. completely unrealistic. And, um, like it's definitely 50 foot man. There's yeah. Like, those things are in there. It's, it's, it's definitely okay for young, uh, for kids. Uh, yeah. I, I will say as a parent that took two young kids there, um, it's extremely difficult to do. Uh, well, let's see. Blaine was probably four. Abigail was, well, I guess Blaine was about three. Abigail was under, under two. Um, so one of us had to sit with Blaine. One of us had to sit with Abigail. So there was no conversation going back and forth. It was basically like we were just there sitting down eating that made it difficult um, because we were in the car. That's the experience that we wanted. We didn't want a table. Um, 
they do have the tables, like you said. So that could be an option if you have younger kids and you want to go. But uh, I, I would say to get the full experience, you've got to sit in one of the cars. And, you're really and there are taking a couple a of in. cars that actually have a table kind of squished into them, but it's a slightly different experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so um, just something to keep in mind if you you know have little kids and you're thinking about going there. Um, I wouldn't yeah. say not do it. I would just say just kind of be prepared. Yeah, and the servers make it a lot of fun too. The servers, yeah. you know, things come up on the screen and they shout things at the screen sometimes. And, you know, yeah. oh, how do you kill the monster? Cut the strings. Oh, it's one of those old black and white movies. You can basically see the strings <laughs> of the monster flying by. And, like, it's kind of, yeah. it's cute. It's a fun yeah. place. It can get a little loud and it can get kind of dark, but... It's still, you know, a fun, fun restaurant and fun experience for everybody. Yeah. I, I, have, I always have a good time in there. Yeah. It's not like we talked before about 50s primetime. I really enjoy the food more at 50s primetime, but I enjoy the experience at sci-fi. So, you know, and if you're okay with a burger and a salad or something along yeah. those lines, it's a fun option. Very cool. I mean, chances are you're going to eat a burger at some point anyway at Disney just because, I mean, they have burgers everywhere. Um, there's plenty of other options to eat, but you're, you're more than likely going to eat a burger. That's just kind of how vacations go. A lot of times yeah. you just want a burger and they have really good options. Yeah. And that salmon burger is actually pretty good too. I bet it is. Yeah. I'll have to try cool. it. All right. So we filled our bellies. Yep. So now what do we got to do? We're headed to Epcot. Um, I know we, we've spent a whole lot of time recently on Epcot, but it's just because we absolutely love Epcot. And we absolutely love Test Track at Epcot. And so it is located um, where, where Future World used to be. Future World's just not really <laughs> existing at the moment. Um, there's a lot of construction going on there. If you guys haven't know, uh, don't know or haven't noticed, I don't know how you couldn't notice if you've been there. But um, yeah. basically, Test Track is um, a simulator that is uh, it's a road simulator where you test your creative design skills on how it would be if you were the architect where you build your own car you build it for performance uh, you build it for speed uh, fuel efficiency uh, responsiveness responsiveness yeah that's right <laughs> um, and you you design this car through the queue uh, not right now of course due to covid but hopefully they're going to bring that back soon as they're starting to bring a lot of other stuff back um, yeah. You go into the queue, you design your car, you pick your colors, the wheels, your engine, and all those different kind of things. Um, mine the always dynamics. Yeah. yeah. Blaine's ends up looking like a monster truck every time. And mine's this like <laughs> little thing that'll go right underneath Blaine's car. Uh, and then you theoretically sit in the car that you design and take it through the road course. Uh, so it's, it's mostly inside. It does have some sharp turns, some quick stops. Can be a little jerky at time. At times, uh, could be a little loud, um, but you know. Otherwise, most of the time, it does have a moderate speed. It does reach top speed of about sixty miles an hour for a few seconds, though, when you uh, test it for your your speed and see how well you do. Uh, it's a that really outside loop. Yeah, it, it's a really fun attraction. Uh, you do have to be forty inches tall to do it, um, but I mean, it's it's so cool to you know see that design on you know sit down in the queue and not really sit down, but you're going from um, computer screen to computer screen while you do it and um, design your car, put it on the track theoretically, and then go And each different 
test, at the end of the test, it shows where your car ranks on that specific test up against other people in your car. So my car would be up against Alan's car if we were sitting in the same um, vehicle. Yeah, road vehicle. And, you know, then at the end of the whole ride, you see your rank up against everybody and how overall your car did. So um, it's really cool to kind of see that. And then when you get off, you go through the Chevy Museum where they're highlighting their um, the museum. I guess it's not a museum. It's a showroom <laughs> where they're showroom, they're yeah. they're uh, highlighting some of their newest models of their vehicles. Um, there is a couple of different kind of games that you can do in there where you can race remote control cars. Um, and do a few other things and then just kind of, you know, for a car guy, it's, it's, it's a really cool, uh, experience throughout the entire ride from the moment you enter the queue into the moment you leave the actual attraction building. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of my favorites. It's one that we always had to, uh, fast pass when fast passes were a thing because that line does get a little long. Um, but it's just kind of cool to see how, you know, different people design things and then you put those designs up against each other and uh, see the results. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, hot wheels for adults. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of fun. It's, it's a good thing. It's like a, it's Pinewood Derby cars from where like you were in Cub Scouts. <laughs> Cub Scouts exactly. And, you know, you exactly. actually get to, to do the next it, level. So. Yeah. To the next level. Um, yeah. It's, That's it's cool. fun for everybody. Once you hit that 40 inches, um, just because it's you're in a convertible, basically going 60 miles an hour in a loop around Epcot, so you get to see kind of the behind the scenes a little bit. Um, I don't know; it's just, it's a fun attraction, and it's a must so the, because the lines the lines show that it's a must. Yeah, and the only downside to test track is if you happen to be on it and get caught in the rain. Oh yeah, that's true. That's the only downside because when you uh, do that sixty mile an hour loop outside and the rain starts, it's kind of like getting acupuncture. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, but it only lasts a minute or so. It's not bad. Yeah, it, it, same thing happens if you go on a roller coaster like that. Oh yeah, and, and these these cars that you're sitting in, um, you do sit very low in those, so sometimes it can be yeah. a little difficult getting out of those things too. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, Space Mountain sometimes is difficult to get out of too. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Same kind of thing. Yeah, getting in is fine. Getting out, it's like, oh, I need a crowbar <laughs> to get out of this thing sometimes. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's a great attraction. It's it's high on our list of must dos every time we go as well. Yeah. So, and I think every car seats three people. So, um, if you have a three large row. party, yeah, three every row, row. So every six row, total. yeah, six total oh. per vehicle. Oh. So your whole family can do it at one time. And it's one of those that has a photo pass on it. So that's kind of mm-hmm. fun. Get yep. a picture in a loop. All right. So let's talk about our next attraction for this one. Um, this is, I think, one of everybody's favorites. The Festival of the Lion King. Over I'm so at glad it's back. Animal Kingdom. I know. It's really great it's back. Um, I'm, I can't wait for them to bring the Tumble Monkeys back. Um, everybody loves the Tumble Monkeys. So uh, if you have never seen this show where have you been number one um because this is great but uh over at disney's animal kingdom um they have the festival of the lion king so the festival of the lion king has four big floats with giant puppets on it so there is um pumbaa as a giant puppet there's an elephant there's a giraffe and then there is a giant puppet of simba and um these were actually parade floats from disneyland way back in the day when they used to do the lion king parade out there and uh, so they bring these floats out and they represent the different animals of the savannah. And uh, basically it's 
you are joining the inhabitants of the Pride Lands for a big grand gala in honor of Simba, the lion cub who would be king. So, you know, the lights go out. There's um, live vocalists that come out and sing the songs. There's live dancing and acrobats. There's, you know, Broadway style performances of people in costumes. Um, It really is kind of a big celebration sing along. It's it's so much fun. Uh, It's presented kind of in theater in the round. So you're sitting on four sides. Everything happens in the middle in front of you. Um, There's no bad seats wherever you sit. Uh, It's just it's a great experience. The, the vocalists that they have and the entertainers that they have are really, really awesome. They really nail the songs. Um, you know, there's just so many great little segments to this show. Um, normally, they would have the Tumble Monkeys. So the Tumble Monkeys, they have this um, sort of, what do you call it? Like the uneven bars and the so trapeze. Like tra- trapeze act, yeah. Yeah, so these guys come out dressed as monkeys and they're in neon suits. And they, um, you know, tumble around and do things... Um, this whole acrobatic number. Um, There is an aerialist number where you have sort of a ballet aerial where somebody is attached to a a cable and they're flying through the air. Um, As you sing, can the, can you feel love tonight? Um, They're dressed as birds. Um, There's giant puppets throughout the show. Uh, uh, Timon is there as, as one of the characters kind of interacting with people. Uh, They do a fire dance. So you have one of the guys that comes out, when they're singing Be Prepared from Scar, uh, there's a gentleman doing a big fire, like hula style fire dance um, with the flaming batons. It's just, it it's such a really neat experience. Um, I, I don't think anybody has disliked the show. I've never heard of anybody not liking no. the show. You just, I don't know, you just get so kind of jazzed up. The music from Lion King is just one of those things that it just kind of permeates just about everybody. I don't know of anybody who doesn't like that music. Um, and it's just, it's such a positive, like jubilant thing to go and be a part of this experience in there. So, um, if you haven't done circle of life and festival Lion King, you really need to go and experience it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a circus almost Mm. done Broadway style. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, but you're, you're involved as well. Like they, they really do try to get you involved because they know if you're sitting there for 30 minutes, some people are going to kind of tap out and, you know, they do a really good job of, you know, with the songs, like you mentioned, getting everybody uh, their favorite songs in there. And then just the, um, you know, when it's time to do your, your, your zebra noise or not your zebra noise, your giraffe noise giraffe or whatever. Noise. And uh, everybody's like, what does a giraffe make? Like, we, oh, I don't know. So yep. Yep. Um, they, they try to get you involved and it is, especially when the tumble monkeys are there, it's it's just so unique. There's nothing really like it um, other than maybe, like I said, you know, Cirque du Soleil, um, you know, something like that. You might get close, um, yeah. but it's it's completely different than uh, Finding Nemo the Musical. Uh, it's different, different. Than, different than Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Uh, it's different than, um, you know, the Frozen show. There's nothing else like it at... Uh, Walt Disney World. So you said it right. You truly have to go experience it. And even if you've done it once, it's air conditioned. We all know Animal Kingdom gets really hot. There's a lot of walking. It's worth going in and doing every time. I'm it's it's probably been, I think, three years, four years since we've done it. 
at every time I'm, you know, thinking about going, I'm like, well, is it open or not? And now that it's finally open, I'm like, yes, can't wait to go do it again. Yeah. It's such a great show. And all the like Africans inspired costuming and stuff is really Mm -hmm. fun. And uh, like, you know, pre COVID and eventually I'm sure they used to pull kids out of the audience and give them little noisemakers and things to Mm -hmm. shake. And they would kind of parade them around in a circle with the, some of the entertainers and, um, you know, well, I'm sure when all that comes back, it's it's really my niece got to do it when she was there when she was younger. She loved it. Um, you know, it just it's just such an exuberant show. It really yeah. is. You just kind of come out of there feeling jazzed up like, yeah. all right, w- let's go do something else. Like, this was great. Like um, it, it's I mean, it's the Lion King. I mean, how could you not love it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm even more impressed that um, during COVID during, you know, when we went um, it wasn't that way when you and I went, I don't believe. Um, but the queue went for the queue for flight of passage or the safari. I think it was for the safaris, uh, went through the, the stage where festival of the lion King was performed. And if you look down on the ground, you saw all these different paint marks for lines and everything else. There's probably over 150, 200 paint marks on the ground of where people had to stand. Yep. The stage had to go. The 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 um, floats came out. Um, you know the mats for the Tomo monkeys. Like they're all over the place. Being able to remember what those things meant and to line everything up correctly so nobody got hurt. The show went on as normal. Like I knew when you have Broadway plays and things like that, they're on there as well. But they're more like X's or something like that. Yep. It was phenomenal to sit there and see that and, and to go back into my mind and say, man, these these people have all this down. They do it three three to five times a day. But yep. still, I mean, that that is a whole lot to remember. And, you know, again, I walked away just be like, wow, I'm, I'm a little more impressed by the show now. <laughs> yeah, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes you don't even realize. Yeah, so when we were there... Um, when you and I were there the first time, I don't think they were using this as a queue area. But when we went back later... Um, they were using the outdoor queue for Festival of Lion King as over, overflow to Flight of Passage. And then I think the inside was overflow for the safari. Yeah. So, you know, as as they brought the show back, that's great. Now they actually use it for the show. Yeah. <laughs> as it's intended. That's great. Um, so, I, you know, I'm excited to see more things come back, but I'm excited. This was one of the first live entertainment things that they were able to bring back. Yeah. Definitely very, very important show for... Walt Disney World. Yes, it is. So, definitely check out the fly, uh, the uh, Festival of the Lion King. Absolutely. If you haven't already. And if you have, go see it now and let <laughs> us know what's again. different. Exactly. There's um, a little bit of a difference that, to it. Yeah, the, the tumble monkeys are not there. And from what we understand, the birds are not flying. The aerialists are not flying. So they're there. They do their, their ballet kind of number, but they're not doing it in the air. Yeah. All right, so we come to number five on our list for the day, and it's our um, little bit of extra magic. And it's one of, it's one of my favorites. I was gonna say it's one of yeah, it's one of mine and Blaine's. And even Abigail's gotten to it now. She found one the other day when she was doing her homework, which was pretty funny uh, <laughs> because they've they've taken it to an extreme. And um, if you guys don't know what a hidden Mickey is at Walt Disney World, definitely do some research on it. Um, searching for hidden Mickey's is one of my ultimate favorite things to do while I'm at Walt Disney World. And what is what, what the story behind the hidden Mickey's is, is um, 
the Imagineers, when they design these rides, would put a little Mickey silhouette somewhere in the attraction to kind of as their signature of I designed this ride. And it started years and years and years ago, and it's just kind of trickled down um, multiple uh, or some attractions have multiple hidden Mickeys in them. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have attractions. They're in the resorts. They are in the train station. They are in the rafters. Um, the people that go and sweep up the trash sometimes will make one on the ground as well and just let it sit there uh, with water. Um, I mean, these things are everywhere. And they've also uh, expanded to there's a hidden Donald somewhere on Haunted Mansion. So I'm not going to tell you where that is. Uh, I believe there's a hidden Goofy now as well. Um, you and I noticed it when we were at the uh, Riviera. Uh, there was hidden uh, characters for uh, the Fab Five in the carpet uh, by the mm-hmm. elevators. Um, these hidden Mickeys, again, they're just little silhouettes of hidden Mickeys. Um, there are some really big ones that are very obvious, and then there are some smaller ones that are not so obvious. Animal Kingdom, I think, has some of the smallest ones that you'll find, and most of them are over at Discovery uh, Rafiki's Discovery Watch, uh, Discovery area um yeah Uh, they're just so fun to do and you can there's books out there you can print off a you know scavenger hunt list off the internet take them and while you're waiting in line uh, it's just really fun to sit there and see if you can find any Uh, while you're walking from one attraction to the next just look around see what you can find i think that's the whole idea is for you to not get caught up in looking at your phone or you know, looking down or it's just to kind of look around and, and see, you know, what all is out there and get your eyes up and, and, you know, exploring. And like I said, it's just one of our favorite things to do. Yeah. There's a, a really interesting one at the haunted mansion that you may or may not know about. So I don't want to give it away, but if you guys know what I mean there, it's a rel- relatively large hidden Mickey. Um, it's there, but you wouldn't, you don't necessarily see the entire thing every time you go. Honestly, I may know so, what you're talking about, but I, I, there's there's a couple of them in there. So it has to do uh, with the entrance area. Okay, yeah. As you go in, so as yeah. you you know first go into the attraction, so there's there's a relatively large, interesting one there. So if you guys know what we are talking about, feel free to post that in the comments for the episode. Uh, if you kind of get where we're going with that one mm-hmm. but yeah there, there's some really cool ones even as you go through like the uh, living with the land boat ride over at epcot um as you go through the fish aquarium where they're um you know raising the fish and things you'll find some in the shrimp yeah. tube where the shrimp are and the fish there are a lot in living with the land there's a ton of them in there yeah so there's a lot it's just it's a fun thing to do to go through and find where things are um you know i can tell you there's one in splash mountain uh, as you get into the kind of finale scene where they're all celebrating after you go over the big hill, um, there's one in maybe in the skyline. If you look around, you might see something in there. Um, but yeah, there's so many great places to go and look and try and find these things. Um, it's just, it's a neat thing. There's books written yeah. about all the different hidden Mickeys and things you can find all over. So there's tons and tons of them. Um, it, it's just, I don't know, it's a fun thing. Kind of a little scavenger hunt thing. See if you can um, keep a journal, find where you find them in different places. And, you know, oh, saw this one, yeah. saw that one. You know, uh, I think I think it's a blast. It's a great it little is. way you can just bring a little extra magic to things that yeah. are out there. Like you said, kids enjoy finding it. Adults enjoy finding them. Um, it's just it's that little hidden 
extra bit of magic. Yeah. Right. And I, and I will tell you, like, so if you ask a cast member, you know, about hidden Mickeys or whatever, they won't really tell you where they are. They kind of act like they're dumb and don't don't know. Um, but every now and then they will say, well, if you're over here, you may want to look in this direction or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, some of them can be very helpful if, if you've got a kid that wants to really, really just try to find some. Um, like I said, I think the smallest hidden Mickey at one point was over uh, at Rafiki's and it was in a Petri dish, uh, mm-hmm. which is very, very hard to find. My favorite, I think, is on Soren when you're flying through the desert and there's the hot air balloons. And if you mm-hmm. time it just right, you see the you, you know, the hidden Mickey. But um, those are some of the easier ones. Yeah. You know, some of the harder ones, the one you're talking about. Um, well, there's one that I've never seen, but I've I've been told about um apparently in magic kingdom when you're in the queue for uh the voyage of little mermaid mm-hmm. um apparently at certain times a day i think it's one day a year the sun shines through something and it makes a, a light yeah. so some of them are like really really obscure yeah. but <laughs> some of them are really easy to find and it, it's just it's fun yeah and, and again i think the story behind it um is really, you know, unique and interesting that, you know, they can't sign their names to these attractions and say, Hey, Brian Franks, you know, came up with Soren. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said, here's my signature. I'm going to put a hidden Mickey right here. Uh, and then there are some things that are definitely not hidden Mickeys, but some people be like, that's a hidden Mickey. And you're like, no, that's just three blobs. Like, you know, <laughs> right next to each other. It doesn't count. So it's it's very hard to figure out what counts and what doesn't count because there's no official word on what is a hidden Mickey. Yeah. Um, this is something that is kind of like a little secret. It's not really a secret, but like I said, if you ask cast members about it, they 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 play dumb and say, we don't know, you know, sorry, we, we're not really sure what you're talking about. So, yeah, it's just some will tell fun. you, it just depends. Yeah, it's 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 a fun little thing and it's it's great to try and look for them and see what you can find. And yep. is that there's books out there. If you wanted to get a book that will tell you where a whole bunch of them are and go try and find, see how many of them you can find. Even that's fun. If, if you know what you're looking for and try yep. to find them. Blaine so. has one of those books memorized. <laughs> so. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. He, he is a bit of a bookworm. Yep. So. <laughs> I'm going to give myself, I'm going to give him a cell phone next time we go and just let him, take pictures only of hidden Mickey's. And when he comes home, he can mark them off his books, see how many of them he, he got. But I yeah, I mean, it's, idea. it's, it is fun. It's one of the funnest things you can do there that requires absolutely no money whatsoever than other, other than a park ticket. So, I mean, if you're going to be in the parks anyway, and like I said, they're at the resorts, um, they're at Disney Springs, uh, they're, they're everywhere. So they're everywhere. Um, just, just be on the lookout and let us know what your hardest ones are to find. Yeah. And let us know about the Haunted Mansion one if you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the Donald one of the Haunted Mansion was kind of entertaining too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's talk about a little bit of Disney news. Yeah. We we do have some new news. <laughs> uh, new news. But we also, we, we, we do want to review the Disney Genie because we did tell everybody that we would, you know, when we found out more information, we would let them know. We have not found out any more information. So Very little. Very little. <laughs> very little. So, yes, information has gotten out that Disney Genie is coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resorts this fall. No official date has been announced yet as to when this is coming other than this fall. So I would be surprised if it doesn't roll out by October 1st. I would be kind of surprised, but 
we'll see what happens. We honestly have not been giving any, you know, preliminary information. There's all Disney has said is this fall. So we know as much as you do about that at this point. Um, so what is Disney Genie? So Disney Genie is um, a part of the My Disney Experience app or the Disneyland app. And the idea is that it is your technical um, electronic itinerary helper for the day. So supposedly you go in and tell it, I'm interested in this attraction, this attraction, this attraction, or I'm interested in thrill rides and princesses and food. Um, you give it some choices and some things that you're interested in, and it will then attempt to help plan out your best Disney day by um, evaluating what your choices are, what your likes and dislikes are, what current wait times are and projected wait times are, um, uh, different attractions that you would be interested in, and it tries to help plan out an itinerary for your day. That is all free. That is included in the My Disney Experience or Disneyland apps. Doesn't cost you anything to partake in that. Do you have to do that if you want to go and not use it? No, you don't have to use it if you don't want to. Um, it's kind of the next generation of looking in the app right now and seeing what wait times are and seeing what show times are and trying to plan your day. The idea is that it's going to try and help take that into take into effect the crowds and the um, you know a, attraction wait times and things like that and help navigate the crowds to keep yeah. your wait times short. That's this, this the idea. Is, yeah, this is by no means a travel agent. Um, no. It's it is not taking the place of a travel agent. This is a day of uh, piece of software. Yes, and as much as we love Disney, we will give you one little caveat: Disney tech doesn't always perform flawlessly right out of the box. So, or even five years later. <laughs> So with that said, you know, yes, this is, we agree, this is a great idea. We love where Disney's trying to go with this. Um, we see some of the glitches that happen now with some things. And this seems like it it's just a huge potential for glitches. So mm -hmm. we take that into account. Okay, so that part is free. You can choose to use Disney Genie to help plan your day and try and avoid crowds and details, or you can continue to do it on your own as you're doing now. Either is totally up to you, right? So it doesn't cost you anything and you can do that. Now, there are a couple of additional features to Disney Genie that will cost you money that you can choose to use or not use. They're totally up to you again. And the first one we're going to talk about is Disney Genie Plus. So Disney Genie Plus is basically um, the Max Pass option that used to be available at Disneyland. So Max Pass at Disneyland is gone and will not be coming back. Fast Passes, as they used to exist at Walt Disney World, are gone. They are not coming back. So there will be no more, um, you know, getting Fast Passes in advance of your trip. So Disney Genie Plus will be available for $15 per person per day at Walt Disney World or $20 per person per day at Disneyland when they roll out. And what this does is if you are staying at a Disney resort, it will allow you to book one lightning lane, which is basically the new iteration of FastPass. It will allow you to book one lightning lane selection starting at 7 a.m. if you're staying at a Disney resort for that day. And then as you go into the park and you use that lightning lane attraction, then you will be able to, to book additional lightning lane entrances through the app 
as they're available. So old fast passes, you could get three in advance before you got there. Once you use those three, you could go into the app and try and get additional fast passes if they were available for certain attractions. So the difference here is no more booking in advance. You only book your lightning lane selections the day of use, and you can only get one at a time, and then you use them as you go. So, you know, maybe you start in the morning and your first um, lightning lane attraction would be Space Mountain, right? Or Big Thunder Mountain. So whatever you choose, as you go use that lightning lane, it's similar to FastPass before. You still have a one-hour window to come back and go in a shorter line to experience the attraction. Once you've used it, now you can go in the app and you can look for another lightning lane attraction and find one of those experiences to select. So one by one, you can select them as you go through the day. That's for the $15 or $20 per day. Not all attractions will be included in the standard Disney Genie Plus. So most of the attractions that had fast passes before will be included in these. Now, the second part of Disney Genie Plus is those attractions that are not included in the Genie Plus option. You will still have an ability to use a lightning lane for those attractions. However, it will be a one-time paid use per attraction. Now, those, some of those attractions, what we're hearing, you're going to find at Walt Disney World will be Rise of the Resistance and Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and most likely Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So before we go crazy on this, let me explain. <laughs> so if your $15 per person per day lets you pick basically Lightning Lane use as you go, those attractions are not going to be included in that $15. They are separate. So we've already been told we know Rise of the Resistance has a virtual queue, and we have been told Remy's Ratatouille Adventure will also have a virtual queue. So you can still go in in the day and try to get into the virtual queue and get a boarding group or a, an access to that attraction to Remy's or to Rise of the Resistance. And you can go in and you can use that boarding group, no charge, and go into your, your group that way. For those folks who don't get a boarding group or choose not to use the boarding groups, you would be able to use a one-time paid purchase to the Lightning Lane, and it would be per person, and we do not know currently what that price would be. We do know the selections will be limited on how many people they will allow to pay for access to the Lightning Lane, and we also know that you can only get two paid Lightning Lane attractions per person per day. So if you are at Epcot and you book and you pay code Lightning Lane to Remy's, and then you... Um, Skyliner over to Hollywood Studios and you want to use the paid lightning lane to Rise of the Resistance, that's it. That's your two per day. You cannot buy another one for the day. You could still use your $15 Genie Plus and use other attractions that have lightning lane availability for those attractions, but that's it. So big difference. The other thing is if you wanted to do Remy's or Rise of the Resistance or most likely Seven Dwarfs Mine Train for that paid one-time access, you can do those without doing the daily Lightning Lane or Genie Plus option. So if you don't want to do, you know, I'm not going to pay the $15, I just want Rise of the Resistance or I just want Remy's, you can still use those as a one-time paid option if they're available. And again, we've been told the price of those things will vary depending on attendance, availability, um, things like that. So we don't know what those prices are yet. 
Yeah, there's some still some things we're trying to figure out on our own. Like I said, the prices, um, what rides are going to be available per day because they're they we've been told that they're going to fluctuate. Yeah. Um, and then even when you're going to be able to get the the, the Genie Plus, um, how early that's going to be. So yeah, um, we we don't know when they're going to start selling them. We don't know when in your package you can start adding them to it. Um, we have been told that if you have booked with a travel agent that you yourself cannot go and add the genie plus to your reservation if you before try you get there yeah before you get there if you try they will send a link to you to say please contact your travel agent so we can you know do that add for you um that's very nice of disney because when we first heard about this a lot of people thought this was disney's way of phasing out travel agents and now we mm-hmm. found out that is not the case whatsoever um yeah. so we definitely appreciate that um so yeah, there, there's been rumors that you can add it at midnight, the you know the day before. Um, so I mean, there's there's still a lot of things we've got to figure out. But I know there are a lot of people who are upset about this. But I really truly believe that it's just because it's a change. Disney is taking away something that they've known for forever, and I, I really do believe once people start to experience this and take advantage of it, that they're going to really like it. Um, Nobody ever wants to pay any extra money, but like I said, they've been doing this at all the other theme parks all across the country for years. So yeah, well, let's just, just talk about the ones in Orlando, right? If you mm-hmm. go right down the street to Universal Orlando, Universal Orlando will sell you Universal Express or Universal Express Unlimited. Universal Express starts at about fifty dollars a day, I think, and it can go up as much as like one hundred and ninety dollars a day. Mm-hmm. So a day. So that's a and lot, and because it depends on um, attendance, how many people yeah. they have. Like, yeah, there's a season, lot of things, yeah, and they depends. sell out very, very fast. Yes, and so let's also talk about right down the street mm-hmm. at SeaWorld. SeaWorld also offers something called Quick Queue, and I looked at theirs recently. So Quick Queue starts at fifteen dollars per day. So I looked at it for August twenty seventh, and it was seventy dollars per day. 70 and i believe there's seven attractions on there so it's like ten dollars an attraction so yes it's a different thing for disney you know if you add if it's a family of four that's going for five days and you add it for the length of your stay it's another three hundred dollars sheer trip legoland has it as well most of the parks have done something like this so i'm not terribly surprised let's wait until it it fully shakes out and see what all the pricing turns out to be. We know that $15 a day or $20 a day for Disney World or Disneyland will be, we know what that's going to be. We just don't know which attractions are completely involved in those yet, Um, you know, and and fully shaking out how it's all going to work once you're there. That's what you have us for, um, you know, so don't don't panic about that yet. Um, You know, we're going to keep you guys up to speed and what's going on with that. But it is different, and I do think there's a really good... I think this could be really good. Yeah. Remember, my only thing fast passes is, were not always there. Fast passes no. didn't exist before the late nineties. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's my, just different. My only thing is, you know, I hope it goes away. But the only doing two paid attractions per day. Um, if I want to sit there and pay to ride Rise of the Resistance twenty times in one day, I feel like I should have that luxury. Well, and I think that's keeping the playing field level. My yeah. opinion is that's making that's sure why, that somebody that's why doesn't do that so that, you know, what if, you know, several people go in and they just mm-hmm. buy everything for the day and then yeah. nobody else can get it. Which right, right, so right now I'm, part complete, 
I'm completely okay with it right now. I'm just thinking, you know, 10 years from now, if this system is still in play, I hope it's gone. Yeah. And 10 years from now, it may not be. The world could change again and we don't know what's going to happen and it could be gone. Who knows? Rise of the resistance could just not work ever because it seems... <laughs> luckily we, we have not heard of it breaking down for a long period of time in several, several months. Yeah. So not knock for on like wood, a day and a half or anything like that. Yeah. Like it used to. Now living, living with the land for some reason has been closed for the last four days, five days, but um, I don't know. So yeah. we'll see. I'm excited about Disney, the Disney plus the genie plus and what it could offer. And, and, you know, I truly believe this is going to help speed up the wait times. You know, and there's I'm, a lot I'm, of potential here. I do. Think. I'm the, I know I'm in the minority, but I think I'm one of those that truly believes this is going to cut down on your standard wait time. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential here. Oh, I think it could be good, but we'll, we'll wait until it shakes out. Yep. Hopefully right. we'll have a date for you guys soon. Exactly. So. What's the next good piece of information we have? Good news. So I, I know this is not extremely exciting for a lot of people, but you and I absolutely love Goofy. And we also really love Max Goof. Yeah. Um, Goofy has been spotted hanging around in Tower Terror. Um, he carries around a suitcase. He's got a little uh, rubber duck uh, floaty around his waist uh, like he's on vacation. And, of course, he would be checking into the most haunted uh, hotel on property. But, um, I mean, that's that's pretty cool to see. And then Max Goof has also been spotted around Echo Lake, just kind of going around doing his um, teenage routine around Echo Lake. We don't see Max Goof other than maybe uh, periodically at a parade or an after-hours party or something like that. So uh, for them to bring Max Goof out, and I know they brought um, Jiminy Cricket out not too long ago. Uh, they're starting to bring some of those other not so highly seen uh, characters back and just kind of putting them in random places. And again, it's just another thing that gets people excited, um, especially if you're a character person where you, you got to take pictures of all the characters and, you know, when you can get autographs. Um, I think these two are just some of the funnest character meets that there are. And uh, I'm super excited about Max Goof being out. Yeah, he's pretty cool. We've seen him recently on the um, Goofy Cavalcade mm -hmm. um, at Magic Kingdom, but it, it, it's good to see him in other places and see him yeah. out. Um, I, I like that they're trying to get a little more creative with some of these character meet and greets. Yeah. Um, yes, it's still socially distanced. You can't go up and get, you know, hugs and autographs yet, but mm -hmm. um, but it, I think it's getting a little more creativity out and seeing what they can do and how they can do some interesting yeah. interactions and things. So uh, yeah, it's been fun. I like that. We, we've seen um, recently all the princesses or a lot of the princesses coming back at Epcot. Mm -hmm. So now we're starting to see them at, at Hollywood studios come out and start going about um, in different places. I expect Chip and Dale will start coming back out as well. We have, we don't have a whole lot of reports of them other than that magic kingdom, I believe. So they've uh, been at Hollywood studios a couple times, having a picnic on the lawn outside okay. of Brown Derby. Okay. So it's that big grassy that. area, kind of like a little hill right outside of Brown Derby. Yeah. Um, in between there and like the Chinese theater kind of. So yeah, they've been out there a couple times having a picnic recently. Yeah. And hopefully with the news of um, the agreement put in place with Disney and um, certain, uh, let's see, and a, a talent agency, basically, uh, maybe we'll start seeing some street performers come back as well. So there's a lot of lots of exciting things coming around um, with 
meet and greets and your street entertainment with the characters and just some other people. So super excited about that. Uh, also really excited about, uh, we know the Galactic Star Cruiser is, you know, coming around and is on its final stretch. And we know that because we've started to see construction equipment slowly begin to be removed from the um, outskirts of property. So they're starting to clear off that land, which means the construction for the outside of the building is pretty much complete. Um, that's just one step closer to being able to start booking it and getting it ready for guests. And I know a lot of people are excited about this one. Um, Even with the price, they're still yeah, still interested. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a little disappointed by the look of the outside. Um, I thought it was going to look more like a real star cruiser. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess the whole idea, the whole concept is, you know, the, the views that we're seeing are aerial views. We don't yeah. know how much of that building is actually going to be seen by guests once you're on ground level. So um, I'm waiting for those to None of it out. should be. Yeah. 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 You should so see I'm... the starport and then everything yeah. else should be hidden. Yeah. From view. So, so there's not going to be any outside walking trails, anything like that. Mm -mm, so, because no. uh, theoretically you'd be in space. space. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But I'm excited that, that the construction's, you know, slowing down and almost to a stop. And that way they can get this thing ready for guests. Yeah. We're getting, getting there, ready to wind it down and get it ready to start welcoming guests, we hope, very soon. They said spring, so yeah, it's getting there. Yep. All right, one other interesting bit of news recently came out. If you are looking to cruise, cruises are back and cruises are doing very well. Um, we've got people on the cruise. Our agency owner Amy was just on uh, the Disney Dream. She had a blast. Um, cruises are going back out. They are not at one hundred percent capacity. Um, I, I believe they said they were at almost 50% capacity on Amy's cruise. Mm -hmm. um, so they're not at full capacity. If you are interested in a cruise, if you've been a cruiser, now is definitely a time to go and try and experience a cruise because you have a lot of space, a lot of room to do things on these cruises right now. Um, I can't wait to go on a cruise again. But we just want to point out that um, many, many, many of the islands and the local facilities um, and authorities are taking COVID very seriously. So uh, the Bohemian government just came out and said that from September through November, uh, they basically will not allow ships in their waters if anyone on the ship 12 and over is unvaccinated. So that essentially means the cruise line's hands are tied. You are not going to be able to board a cruise um, if you are 12 and over and you are unvaccinated. Because if you are... The ships are not allowed in the Bahamian waters, which means they can't go to Nassau. And most of those private islands that the, the cruise lines own, including Disney's Castaway Cay, um, are leased from the Bahamian government. So they're saying if you've got passengers on board that are over 12 and unvaccinated, you're not allowed to dock. You cannot stop here. Uh, and, you know, they're just trying to the, the Bahamian islands don't have huge hospital networks and things like that. And they're trying to make sure they don't overwhelm yeah. the hospitals and, you know, tourists come in, they, they want the tourists to come in, but they don't want people bringing in COVID and overwhelming the people yeah. that are there because so much of the Bahamas is run by tourism. 
right? Mm -hmm. So they have to be able to protect the locals and everybody there and make sure they can do what they need to do. Yeah. Um, so let's just say, let, let's be clear. This is not a cruise line decision. This no. is not a Royal Caribbean. This is not an not American Disney. decision. This is not Disney. This is the Bohemian government. So, um, and we're already hearing others, like some of the other ports are starting to say, if you're not vaccinated, you can't get off the ship. So, yeah. you know, we're starting to see this. Some of the U.S. Virgin Islands is doing the same thing. So, um, you know, we just cruises are back. Cruises are great. We want you to go cruise. We will gladly help you go on one of those cruises and tell you all the details and ins and outs and what you need to know. Yeah. But um, expect if you are 12 or over, you will need to be vaccinated to board a ship. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to feel like Forrest Gump right here and just say, be respectful of um, their decision because basically it's, you know, like you potentially bringing in something hazardous to somebody else's home. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, as Forrest Gump would say, that's all I got to say about that. So <laughs> I feel like we can move on because this is, this is a touchy subject. We just want to put that it news is. out there just, just to let you guys know in case you haven't seen it yet. Um, you know, it is what it is and nothing can be done about it. So just comply or don't, don't and don't go and, you yeah. know, move on. So, yeah. All right. And lastly, um, Disney has put out some information. There is a gather around the table conversation about the new theming to Splash Mountain that's coming and the storyline and the thought processes and things that are going into that. So interesting information. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a 30 minute video. Um, it's kind of neat. You know, it's got a couple of different key people in it that talk about uh, basically like what you said, what their plans are. Um, I think we'll probably post that on our Facebook page sometime, you know, next week, just so everybody can watch it. Cause um, you may not have seen it and it is definitely interesting. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm curious to see, you know, how it all pans out. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed to the change. I, I like Splash Mountain. I think Splash Mountain's great. Um, but we've talked about this before. I don't think most people know the story uh, anymore. And they just think Burr Rabbit's cute. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that big difference to me. Um, I'll be interested. I saw one of the pieces of concept art. It looks very similar. This is one of the scenes on that concept art looks very similar to something they already have in there. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if some of those same characters that are on Splash Mountain now make an appearance in the attraction. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of animatronics in there that mm. uh, would just go to waste if they weren't able to reuse them. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of things in there that'll still be great. And there was a lot of animals and things in, um, you know, Princess and the Frog. So, yeah. you know, I think it will go. I, th I think it'll be a, a good transition. The the backwoods. um the music, that whole story, it's, I think it's going to be a very smooth and easy transition, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that'd be bad. All right. So that just about does it for this episode. Uh, we want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Catch us next time as we continue our series, inspired by the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. We'll talk about five more of our favorite things for Walt Disney World. Um, be sure to comment with your own thoughts and ideas. Uh, maybe let us know what you think we're missing so far. We have heard from a few of you that some of your favorite attractions haven't been mentioned yet. So let us know. Um, and if you know what we were talking about for some of those hidden Mickeys, feel free to let us know as well. Uh, I want to see them. I want to see your hidden Mickeys. Show me your favorite yeah. ones. Yeah. There's some great ones out there. Great ones. 
And as your mouse experts, you know we're here to help answer all your Disney Universal questions and help you prepare for your next magical va magical vacation wherever that destination may be. And if you enjoyed the show, please share this episode with us, uh, with your friends, and uh, make sure that you subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode as they drop. Um, and you know, please reach out to us. We like hearing from you guys. All of our contact information is available in the show description. Yeah. And so, as always, we end all of our episodes with a quote. And I just happened to stumble by this one, uh, just scrolling, I think, one day. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. Um, just because it's the last year and a half that we've all been living through. Um, <laughs> the, the quote is, hardship often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destination. Um, it's by C.S. Lewis. I truly believe that he was you know, author of some of our favorite things growing up as children. And, you know, he's a brilliant man. And I, I truly believe that, you know, good things always come from a struggle. So mm -hmm. uh, really good quote for, like I said, everything we've been living in through the last year plus. Definitely. So, so. Good so. choice. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, check us out next time. Show us your hidden Mickeys and uh, we will check you out next week. All right. Thanks for checking in, everybody. Talk to See you, you guys. Time. Bye. Bye.